Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. going on everybody welcome into underground sports philadelphia episode number 372 it's kb and matt coming at you from underground studios we've got a lot to talk about with the state of philadelphia sports and how absolutely hot garbage they are it's matt's final piece of content before he gets married and of course we're going to talk about survivor our buffs and snuff survivor segment at the end of the show but before we get started, big thank you to our sponsors who allow us to, to do all this crazy stuff. Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Mark Ronchetti CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And of course, our friends over at Tomahawk Shades, the best small batch eyewear in the game. You guys can go to TomahawkShades.com right now, fill up your car, get the sunglasses, blue light glasses, check out the fall collection the fall apparel collection is live man i just ordered a hoodie it is dope it's gonna be here a little after the wedding but got the the new rebranded tomahawk logo on it um super affordable especially when you use our promo code usp you get 25 percent off your entire order at tomahawkshades.com they also have watches uh and one of their owners just retired from the nfl chris hogan probably heard about him uh, so go to TomahawkShades.com, use promo code USP, get 25% off your entire order. Stateside Urban Craft Vodka, the official vodka of the underground. Go to StatesideVodka.com, get those vodka soda party packs with a, a nice virtual cheers to Matt and Sarah on Halloween. Raise a, raise a glass of Stateside. You got to be 21 or older to purchase, and of course, please drink responsibly. And you can also do it with our friends at Kenwood Beer. Go to KenwoodBeer.com. The uh, the beer golf glasses are back in stock. They're only $5. They look beautiful. And even if you're not using them for beer golf, it's a, uh, a nice piece of glassware to have uh, to crack open and pour a nice cold Kenny into. So go to KenwoodBeer.com. And you can also use the Kenny tracker to see who's got Kenwood beer on tap. You got to be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. What's going on, man? Living the dream, you know? One final pod before uh, wedding day, and uh, somehow the Sixers find a way to fuck up and lose to the Knicks. Yeah, that has been the story. The Sixers finding a way to lose has been the story of the first four games. I think that's that's a good way of putting it. That Knicks game was awful. <laughs> um, it was not enjoyable to watch. And I think the broader story, besides the Sixers losing, finding a way to lose, is... Embiid's knee. Yeah. Uh, he said he was sore for multiple days after the Pelicans game, which, you know, maybe your first game, you're going to be, be a little sore. You haven't played in uh, that kind of capacity in a while, so it makes sense. But he's clearly fighting through it right now. It doesn't seem like it's the worst injury he's played through, but we talked about when we talked about the over-under for this season, when we talked about our expectations, we said that 
this team is one Embiid injury away from being really, really bad. Like, way worse than you want them to be. And already, <laughs> you're not even a week into the season, and you're having a potential issue with that. Um, it, again, it does not seem like a serious injury. It's not like he was playing through his meniscus in the playoffs, right? But you know, this is this is the worry, and you know, you don't have Ben. Obviously, uh, he is now seeking therapy for his mental health and, and reaping the benefits of Face Clan's one billion dollar valuation. <laughs> right. Um, I'm sure he's seeing some kickback money for that. That'll Simo the Savage, baby. That'll balance out the eight million in escrow. I'm sure in some way. Uh, Daryl Morey says that things are moving in a positive direction there. Daryl Morey also said this could last for four years, which means we might have a new president by the time Ben Simmons is off this team. To be fair, he said that before he said things were moving positively. That was before Ben came back and had this uh, apparently very positive team meeting with everyone, and the propaganda machine was in full flow because Tobias and Embiid are both saying about how he's their brother, and they hugged him, and Everyone learned a lot, all this, and whatever. Um, I'm not going to comment on Ben Simmons probably for a very long time because I, who knows when we see him again. But you have to accept the, the reality, which is that Ben Simmons does help you win regular season games. He's not here right now. We don't know when he's ever going to be back. So this is what this team looks like. It hasn't been amazing. You lose that Brooklyn game in a, a fashion that was incredibly frustrating and very reminiscent of that Hawk series, almost frighteningly reminiscent actually mm-hmm. uh, with Tobias taking what I can only say is one of my least favorite shots in all the sports, which is his weird, not quite drive to the rim, not quite mid range, like floater, not quite mid range shot where he like, I can't even describe what it is that Tobias does, but I know that he's at least like three for 117 on that shot. I think I've, I've seen him hit it maybe two or three times. And I feel like every game that is within like three or four points in the final two minutes, I see him attempted at least six. It is one of my least favorite things to see. The flaws with this team still exist. And that has been very true and, and apparent so far this season. Steam did not improve in any meaningful way. Nope. Over the summer. They didn't add anyone in free agency that really moves like the moves the needle for you. You know, draft was really like not amazing and the way that Doc plays young guys, it wouldn't matter who we drafted, even if we drafted, you know, in the lottery. Who cares, right? And if I have to hear one more time how big of an upgrade George Niang is <laughs> over Mike Scott, I might pull my hair out. It's true. I, I will say that's one of the only it's like silver linings of this season so far is the bench is improved. And it's like Mike Scott's our guy, will right. always be our guy, and we know George Niang at this point in his career is a better player than Mike Scott. But Mike Scott was your 13th guy off the bench last year. Yeah, George Niang is like your 7th, 8th guy off the bench this year. Yeah. Of course that's an upgrade, you morons. <laughs> it's true. It is It is low-hanging fruit, we should be Good saying. grief. I've actually been surprised Andre Drummond... Pretty has good. been very good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a lot of questions and concerns. Uh, for the regular season, at least, Andre Drummond, perfectly suitable. I'm cool with it. Uh, Dwight Howard's already fighting with Anthony Davis, so he's welcome Love back that. anytime. Um, I just worry about this team and the direction that they're trending. It's four games. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to like pit any. But we also button. did say after four games, if they were 
if they're like two and two, two, and two. one and three, people start asking questions. And I think there's, it's not quite Ben Simmons questions. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's mostly because of the manner in which he's currently out. That it's not like he's not fading yeah. injury or anything like that. Like he's saying he's getting help for his mental health. Great. Cool. Um, and there's no clear path to him being on a different team anytime soon. Whatever. You just kind of have to live with that. I. It's going to take a while for Maxi to like really improve. Mm-hmm. I'd like to be patient with him, but I'm not sure Tyrese Maxi is at the level we need him to be right now today. Do I think in March and April he could be? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think he will improve massively as the season goes on, but he's just not been and it's four games right and it's also a kid who we drafted who played what like 10 games if that at kentucky right before the pandemic shut everything down like not very experienced when it comes to the collegiate level which a lot of people you know one and done boom you're going to the league let alone having experience at the nba level where he got limited playing time and really the only moment last year that he had substantial amount of playing time was the game that should have been canceled against the nuggets when he put up 39 points right it's it's tough it's it's <laughs> and that's the guy that you're depending on now yeah. to be your starter right like that's just a, a difficult situation to put him into and again you have this Embiid thing shake has been banged up this this season so far like there's just been the rhythm is not there and i think the we performances brought this up. are not there either wasn't it weird that Embiid didn't get surgery after the playoffs? Yeah, I, I feel like we didn't hear much of a resolution on that. I don't know if his injury was non-serious enough that he was going to be able to rehab it and just be fine. I just don't remember there being any sort of When you of hear Ramona Shelburne say, yeah, he told me he couldn't walk for two days after the Pelicans game. That's weird. That's like, shout out to the red flag challenge. <laughs> that, is, that is the ultimate red flag that your superstar that you're banking on continuing to carry this team is having difficulty walking because of his knee injury that could have been resolved well it's a different it's a different knee this knee that he's hurt now is a different knee okay i thought it was the same apparently he like banged knees or something with someone and that's that's right the issue with this but um i've tried to block out (laughs) right i mean it it all blends together at this point right i mean that's that's been the issue too (laughs) it's like i just i don't I didn't feel particularly enthused about this Sixers team coming into the season. I've given them a chance. It has not improved. No. <laughs> and the Ben situation makes it difficult. The Knicks fans are chanting, where's Ben Simmons? Which is hilarious. I think that's really funny, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this feels like it could be a real shit year. Probably. Something about, like, I don't know. I, I just, the vibes are not good. I don't care what anyone says about how through this Ben thing, everyone is closer and more united than ever. I'm not buying that. And the performances have not been good. Like whatever about the results, like you lose to the Nets, whatever you lose one game, finally to the Knicks, whatever Ben Simmons. (laughs) Of course, Ben Simmons still undefeated against the Knicks. Maybe that's why he's not playing. He doesn't want to put that that up. It's all he has left, I guess. But, um, the performances themselves have not been great. No. Even in the wins, I've not been like, wow, we looked fantastic tonight. Like, I worry about that a lot. We do get Detroit next. 
no K to Cunningham in that team. That's a team you should beat. I wouldn't be surprised if Embiid gets rested against Detroit. Drum and revenge game, baby. Drum and revenge game. He'll give us a solid 17 and 15. <laughs> you know, like, that's, that's a very drum and stat line, I guess. But, yeah, I just, it's, if I'm just being honest, it's hard to be excited. And there's just a lot about this Sixers team that I find uh, very easy to just be apathetic towards. Even the stuff that we were excited about, I just don't feel as excited about. Like I'm not like I was. I was really hoping to be like, wow, I just love watching Tyrese Maxey play. And I'm like, I don't know. He's not playing great, <laughs> but I again, I don't want to be critical because you're four games into the season. Um, but there's just still and he's, what twenty twenty one right. There's still just a, a huge cloud over this team that I feel like everyone's just not addressing. That like mm-hmm. I don't know. Your star player is still like forcing his way out. Your coach stinks. Your coach isn't very good. And your GM is going on local radio shows saying, buckle up because this could take four years. As a fan, how are you supposed to process that information and feel good about your situation? You don't. Because I struggling it's, with it's that. It's honestly <laughs> made me feel worse. <laughs> yeah, I, I wonder if any of that was meant to like soothe me. And if it was, it was really uh, not helpful. Actually. How many more games does Portland have to lose <laughs> for this shit to end? <laughs> Sometimes we all just need to wind down after a long day of enjoying our favorite sports teams go to work. And with the rise of streaming platforms, new TV shows and movies are popping up every single week. And it might be overwhelming not knowing exactly what to watch. Well, that's where streamer season comes in. The exclusive streaming platform discussion podcast for TV and movies on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Join me, KB, and a plethora of our hosts right here at USP breaking down all the new TV and movies that you guys should be watching across all the various streaming platforms that are available to the masses. Catch us on streamer season wherever you get your podcasts. At least 17 straight like because now you have damian lillard on the record saying he wants to be referred to as a rapper and not an nba player who raps you could do that here shout out to the homie matt at panasonic uh xd 4500 on the twitter machine saying i'll call you fucking tupac if you put a sixers uniform on um i'll cut yeah whatever you want to be called i mean the trailblazers stink like we sure the sixers have gotten off to a, a pretty piss poor start and there are, even though there are lowered expectations, I think from last year, just because it's a completely different situation now. the The Trailblazers went into this season thinking Dame was going to be back, that they'd be able to, you know, compete in the West and and find a way in the play. They absolutely stink. Yeah, it's it's a lot of the issues that they had last year. Except last year they had a lot of injuries. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think they they probably need you know more time. I think you know they'd be feeling the same way we do. Four about, more years. <laughs> four more years, right? Like. Yeah, they're they're still they're all right. I I don't think they're in a, a terrible uh terrible situation, but especially with how like lopsided things have gone now, where the East is the more difficult conference than the West. It's we'll see. Uh, you know, like a few of the teams in the East that are in hot starts right now, the two C Chicago Charlotte. Um, so, uh, we did say Charlotte was going to be improved, right? But also. Uh, I don't know how to tell anyone this. The Chicago Bulls are not going to have the best best defensive rating for no. the rest of the season, and are they'll be uh, a fun team. Uh, well, so I was actually looking 
Because there's always a few teams that start out really hot and everyone mm-hmm. gets uh, gets really worked up about. Um, so the Bulls. I mean, let's not forget the Sixers started three and zero the the first year of the the Miami Heat super team and beat them on opening night. Yes. Um, the Bulls have played the Cavaliers, the Pelicans without Zion, who we also beat. The Cavaliers and the Grizzlies, who are a good team, mm-hmm. and the Pistons, and the Pelicans, and the Pistons. And the Raptors. Some of those are preseason games, but um, none Grizzly's of those teams. Team in there. None of those teams are particularly amazing. Uh, if you look at their next games: Knicks, Jazz, Celtics, Sixers, Sixers, Nets, Mavs, Warriors, Clippers, Lakers, Blazers, Nuggets, Knicks, Pacers. Have fun. Okay, we'll figure out who the Bulls really. Are. <laughs> How about you? Call me on November nineteenth. Yeah. After the Nuggets game. At midnight, and you tell me how you feel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you tell me if the Bulls are gonna win the East again. Did you know this is the first time the Bulls have started four and zero since Michael Jordan was on the team? Wow. Yeah. Read that. Today I mean, no matter how much we think this is a fraudulent Bulls team, that's a pretty wild stat. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> first time since Jordan was on the team. Four and zero is not particularly difficult. difficult. I mean, you can get just unlucky in one game, sure, Scheduling but like wise and you'd think at least one season wow. you might just get hot or get especially some like w- in the Derrick Rose years when they when D Rose was like hooping. Yep, first time since Jordan was on the team. Wow, and when was the last year Jordan was on the Bulls? That was like ninety eight. God damn, good for them. <laughs> I just you know the er- that's just an emphasis on how the early season rhetoric. And oh yeah, storylines. It's the same thing. They with can baseball. get a little out of control. It's the same thing with baseball. Baseball's even worse because it's yeah. like Jesus Christ. There's 158 more games. Yeah, it's almost like real NBA stuff. And and I've seen it more and more on Twitter. Is like, you know, let me know when Christmas Day is here. Everyone wants starts. to do a victory lap as early as possible because mm-hmm. the NBA and I think a lot of the discussion around it has become like very hot takey and very. I'm planting a flag on X mm-hmm. so I can shove it in Y's face right. when I'm right. And that's it. I mean, it's all like, if you look at like a lot of the discourse around the NBA, it's always quote teach with like, you're a fucking idiot mm-hmm. for this. Like, you know, like it's always like very, I, I, I mean, maybe it's just what I see, but I feel like it's a lot of times very negative and very like, I told you so type yeah. of stuff. And it's like, the NBA changes so quick. If we haven't learned that by now, I don't know that people ever will. But, like, the landscape can change so quickly, and a team's fortunes can change so quickly. Like, I don't know. Like, this time last year, the Suns, if you had polled everyone and asked people the chance for the Phoenix Suns to be in the NBA Finals, if you asked 100 people, not like, just neutrals, not even, like, fans of teams, how many of those 100 would have picked the Suns to be in the Finals? I would guess, honestly, zero. Maybe say, one or two. I the doubt, like, two. Maybe maybe you get like one or two people like, well, they got Chris Paul. And those people would have been right. <laughs> like 80% would have said the Lakers coming out of the West. Mm-hmm. Like 15 would have said the Clippers. Like 10 would have said the Nuggets. Like you just have no clue what happens uh, through the course of the season. So listen, to bring it back to the Sixers, they've not been particularly good mm-hmm. to start the year. There are issues that are carryovers from last year. Doc Rivers is not a good coach. And you have that storm cloud from James and the giant peach looming over your team. When like you hope for a resolution to those things 
But we should also understand that sitting here a week into the season, expecting all that to change is maybe unrealistic. Um, but until Ben is gone, I don't know what changes. What changes? Because if you if you trade Ben, you're able to get someone that can come in and play. Clearly, this team needs a guard. Clearly, this team needs someone who can create their own shot, which is, I don't know, been a thing since Jimmy Butler. I just, uh, there's, I think if you're putting a positive spin on it, there's room for growth here. <laughs> That's the positive spin. Okay. The negative spin is, is, you know, this team just doesn't look great and it could get real ugly. Yeah. And real quick. If Embiid, you know, gets shut down for three weeks, it's like, okay, well now you're five and 11. So enjoy. <laughs> and then we get to hear Mike Greenberg talking about how the process was a failure again. That dude has not been the same since he got off 6 a.m. radio. I'll say that. Uh, <laughs> we know who the better Mike was. He needs he needs a goal to bounce uh, balance him out a little bit. Uh, I think one positive we can take away: Kate Scott's pretty fucking good. Yeah, she's been. Her uh, and Allah bounce off of each other really well. I know Allah got uh in some hot water for his uh victim blaming <laughs> of a foul. Um, uh, maybe be a little better, but. Yeah, I think I think Kate's been good. Listen, she's not zoom off, right? She's Nobody n- is. She's never going to be. Expecting anyone to get—it's the same thing. It's obviously a different situation than Harry Kyle's, right? But like, mm-hmm. he's very similar in that. Like, listen, you gotta just let the things of the past be in the past. Revere them, love them, but they're gone. You know, like zoom off is off doing his retirement thing. He's Working teaching. At Temple. He's hanging out. He's living his life. Good for him. Deserves it. You can't expect Kate to be zoom no. off. <laughs> Let her, you know, give her a chance. It's only been a few she's games. I think she's so been far. fine. I, I, you know, listen, we've been very lucky, especially in Philly sports, but especially with Sixers. We've always yeah. had good announcers. We've always had good insight. You know, let's give it some time. And we get it on TV and radio across right. the board. Like, Tom We're McGinnis. A spoiled bunch. Tom McGinnis doesn't get enough credit for how good he is on the radio with he's, the Sixers. He's amazing. He's we're, great. We're a very spoiled bunch. So, so yeah. She's been doing fine. No and I issues. I think she's on. handled everything. And she'll get better. Yeah. Like, it takes time to build chemistry with anything. Like, you and I have known each other forever, but it took time for this show to right. develop and become what it is where we can insult Chicago for not putting ketchup on their hot dogs. <laughs> the uh <laughs> Like, it, it takes time, and they're four games in, plus a couple preseason games. It's going to get better, and she's been pretty great so far. So, shout out to Kate Scott. And um, don't be weird. Like, the thing I don't like is the weirdness and, like, yeah. the Instagram. It's, like, it's just so – it's bad. Like, just be better. If you're Instagram one of those people, sucks. just, um, I don't know, delete your account. Put get yourself a life. In out. Like, really, I mean, actually, though, like, take, take some moments of self-reflection and wonder why, like – you feel the why need are to you be the like way you are so overly toxic yeah. about so like i'm sorry case guy has not been that bad no, not <laughs> that, that you need to take the there instagram comments far worse announcers there are far worse people yeah <laughs> in the world there's just better places to put your energy uh, than that so be better um you talked about room for growth matt starts with the roots <laughs> christ alive <laughs> It's like a kindergarten teacher. We are so fortunate that we have great radio and TV announcers, but my God, we are the worst at picking fucking coaches in this city. Kirsten. 
I was thinking, you know, so like this conglomerate of coaching that we have of the four major sports, like God bless Jim Curtin and Paul Day for the wings in the union. They are fantastic. But the major four sports, it is a wild time we live in that Elaine Vigneault is the best coach in Philadelphia. <laughs> and he's got pill just, pushing stories out there about him. It's almost satirical. Like, it's almost like a parody. Like, uh, I would expect this in, like, one of those Shaun of the Dead movies. Mm -hmm. You know, where it's, like, the overly positive manager trying to, like, work your way through a situation. It's like, brother, like, it's just okay to admit it. It's not it. It's very good. Sometimes you got to admit that to yourself. So I was watching the World Series. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) We enjoy pain. (laughs) You know what I was actually doing? I was flipping. This is just what a psycho I am. I was flipping between the uh, Penn State Maryland men's <laughs> soccer game on the Big Ten Sports Network and uh, and the World Series. And Sarah asked me, "She's like, what are we listening to?" I was like, "I don't know." <laughs> That's what I was doing instead of watching the Sixers at, after halftime. I was like, "You know what? I'm just gonna see what other sports are on tonight." I'm going to dabble in something else. You know what I was thinking, though, when I was watching this? I'm watching the Braves in the World Series, which, as I said that, I just felt my butthole pucker. <laughs> I said, it must be so cool to live in a city that has, like, a lot of, like, cool teams or, like, teams that are good or, like, something to be excited about. It's like, why can't we have that? Why can't we have nice things? Why does, why does Houston get to go to the World Series, like, three times in the last five years? And we just, we don't even get a play in. Why does Atlanta get to go to the World Series right after the Nationals? Like, why do these? I pe- have noticed that any team. I, I noticed this trend. It's kind of like uh, I'm trying. It was. It's a mini version of Chris Long. You know, he goes to a team, they go to the Super Bowl, and they win. Any team Charlie Morton goes on, they've gone to the World Series or won the World Series. It's Morton Seasalt. Ever since he left the Philadelphia Phillies, he got injured, tore his ACL, good luck, Chuck. The Phils. And then he goes to Houston, becomes a, a fucking hero down there, wins a World Series, goes to another one. Then he goes to Tampa Bay last year. They go to the World Series. Now he's with Atlanta, and I hope Charlie Morton's okay with the, the gruesome fibula injury he sustained last night. But then he goes to Atlanta, and they're in the World Series. I'm thinking the key to Major League Baseball is just fucking sign Charlie Morton. I think the key might be to, like, I don't know, maybe spend money at the trade deadline. A little bit. Because it's what the Braves said. To, to bring it back to the Eagles. Is this the worst three-year stretch in, like, modern Eagles history? In our lifetime, probably. Like, the Chip Kelly years were bad. At least they made the playoffs. They at least made the playoffs. And they bounced back. Nick Foles Relative. broke a record. And that, there was at least, like... They signed Malcolm Jenkins. There was kind of, like, highlights in there. Yeah. Now, maybe, like, in the next four or five years, we'll look back at this and be like, well, we got this, you know, and we'll see what this draft does for us, obviously. But feels like a dark period little that bit. the Eagles have never really had to contend with. The Eagles have always been a very good playoff team. contending team. Like, they've never – the Eagles have never been, like, Since really – the like turn a, of the century, really. A 3-13 team. No. You know, like, that's never really been the – outside of, like, you know, some disastrous It was the Andy Reid's last year when they went 4-12, yeah. and, and then last year when they went 4-11-1, and one, and then the year after the Super Bowl they went 6-10, and 10, I think. Yeah. And then a couple 8-8 eight eight years in there. But it's but never been, like, wow. This. Multiple years of, like – five wins or less that's just never been the eagles so 
it's weird to say, but yeah, this you're living through the uh, the COVID period of the Eagles, you know, where it's like you'll be telling stories about how yeah, it was really rough then, but yeah, um, I would say from top to bottom, the Eagles organization needs a a, a reshuffle. I do too, and I'm also playing devil's advocate here. I'm starting to believe they brought in this coaching staff to actively tank. It's possible. I would say this, though. Uh, Howie Roseman has had multiple cracks at lots of things. Four coaching staffs. When you... Listen, the further we get away from it, the more the Doug Peterson in 2017 year doesn't seem to be a masterstroke of genius, just no, seems to be a masterstroke of huge luck. And... At some point, it's like, well, okay, so you had your pick of quarterback, multiple. You had your pick of coaches, multiple. And listen, one Super Bowl buys you a lot of time, but does it buy you this much time? And does it, when it fails so spectacularly afterwards, like, are we like positive that this is the direction we should be heading? Don't know. And it's not going to change. As long as Jeffrey Lurie owns the team. Right. Howie is Jeffrey. Jeffrey controls Howie like his little like meat shield. And anytime something goes wrong, Howie's there to save the day. Just like he was the other day to kind of deflect away from this loss. Oh, let's go get draft capital for Joe Flacco and turn the narrative. Front pick. All right. That's the art of the deal. <laughs> Like, let's flip the narrative of, hey, we might have lost to the Raiders. Miles Sanders could potentially be done for the season, but we got we got a fifth-round pick potentially for Joe Flacco coming down the pipeline. Top bins, top-tier commentary. Top drawer. Upper 90. You already down. know. <laughs> you it's already know. I think that's we, how it always goes. Like, like 45 minutes, and we're at like Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> Um, I'm Dominic Ponteri. I am Matt Kessler. And we are here to talk about Champions League soccer today. Hey, it's Top Ben's time. What's up? We're back. Alejandro Bedoya just scored for the Union within like two minutes. He's in the top uh, jersey sales in all of Major League Soccer right now. Good for Bedoya. Deserves it. Um, I I personally think they brought him. It's possible. I wouldn't hear the tank I because you I have these three draft picks now. 
Right, yeah, and you could have three picks in the top, top 10. 12. Yeah. You know, like, realistically, that Colts pick will probably be, you know, late teens, early 20s. We'll see. I mean, they're playing well now, but we've seen how very quickly things change. How quickly your fortune can change when you have Carson Wentz. Yeah. He has a, he is hero ball personified. Very true. Uh, his only two, I, th- I think actually the, uh, what I thought was an interception on Sunday night football against the 49ers, yes. but it's being called a fumble. Apparently um, his only two have come off like egregious uh, shovel passes. Mm-hmm. And I, that is like the most Carson Wentz thing I can imagine because yeah. it's like, he sees like Mahomes do it. He's like, well, I could uh, totally mm-hmm. do that. It's just like rational overconfidence that he has, which helps sometimes, but also is a hindrance because we've seen so many times where he just refuses to just take the easy play and has to try and make the Hollywood play. Yeah. And um, I could see that turning for them. <laughs> but, I uh, yeah, I mean, you have, uh, regrettably, for the Dolphins, uh, <laughs> sitting at 1-6, who are apparently training for Deshaun Watson, which I think has to be the dumbest thing. That has to be the most reckless, irresponsible, naive, miscalculated worst decision by a sports organization I think in my entire lifetime and maybe and I'm totally not being overdramatic when I say this maybe in sports history I think whoever trades for Deshaun Watson right now is very likely making the worst trade in sports history you are trading for a guy listen I I'm tired of hearing about it's just allegation stuff you are trading for a guy that is so toxic I'm not even talking the, the potential that this guy may never play for the NFL again. Yeah. I'm talking strictly what that would mean to like half your fan base immediately. The message you are sending. Your employees. In an era, in, in, in a, uh, a culture where you just had a coach fired, resigned, whatever you'd like to call it, for comments he made when he wasn't even employed by the NFL that were misogynistic in nature, that were racist in nature. To a guy to, who's to, working for an organization that was doing that tenfold. Right. To to prop this guy up is wild. I, I cannot believe... I have to believe that it is solely the Texans just trying their very best mm-hmm. to pump the tires up. And we'll find out by next week because the trade right. deadline is November but 2nd. I, I just... I, need it, I needed it in audio recording because I like the Dolphins. I would never call myself a Me fan too. of the Dolphins. But... I've always felt a, a special something for them. If Deshaun Watson is on that team, I I'm, can't. Miami does not exist to me anymore. No, that is not a. City. They are the it's AFC just, team. I, I. I hope. Am I being overdramatic by saying that that's the worst decision no. ever? Because I mean, besides, okay, take even just the morality ethical side out of it. Just take that out of it. You are telling me right now there is a non-zero chance that this guy does not play NFL football again. Mm-hmm. There's a non-zero chance. And this Why is coming from a guy that before these you allegations... You are mortgaging your future. Yeah. This is coming from a guy from before these allegations as well was pulling the Ben Simmons type deal where it's like, I'm not playing for this team anymore. Right. So, could be worse. <laughs> <laughs> and my I brought this up on the post-game show with Bell and the Birdmen on Sunday. Shout out John Bartram and Vince Quinn. I said, before the allegations came out, was... The way that Nick Sirianni, and then they flip the script, and it's like, okay, let's actively tank to potentially go get our guy. 
was you know you look at all the first year head coaches in the NFL when they get hired it's usually a new GM or a relatively new GM they allow that coach to go get their quarterback whether it's in the draft whether it's through trade you look at Matt Rule they went and traded for Sam Darnold who knows if that's going to pay off but that's what they did well he got benched for uh PJ Walker so the and they're apparently worked. all in on Deshaun Watson that too so. <laughs> yeah which he won't go because he only waived his no trade clause to the Dolphins <laughs> just can I just say the irony of Deshaun Watson now getting to choose what consent means is just not lost on me. Lunacy. Absolute piece of garbage. <laughs> and then you look at, you know, uh, Tennessee. Mike Vrabel got to get Ryan Tannehill. You look at some of these, you know, Urban Meyer got to get Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> was Deshaun Watson the guy that Nick Sirianni was looking at to run like an error? Because look at the way the roster is constructed, too. Like, you just ship Zach Hurts to Arizona. Shout out to Zach Hurts breaking you know setting an nfl record first time scoring back-to-back touchdowns in different uniform um so the longest touchdown of his career too that's insane which is like and he looks like he's <laughs> living life hey man you move out west well you get that good sunshine good for him that's where most Bones people go when they're tired. <laughs> honestly yeah people joke about that but there's something yep. about the warm weather that really helps you <laughs> You know, was was their goal to go and get a Deshaun Watson yes. or a Russell Wilson? They tried. Yeah, they tried to get there. Like, that's the thing that that's been lost guy? too. The Eagles tried getting Deshaun yeah. Watson already, and Deshaun Watson told them no. no. <laughs> so like, it's like they tried. You look at how this team is constructed. They went and flipped the script on these wide receivers. It's all speed receivers. They don't really use the tight end that much. Who knows if Dallas Goddard's here after this week? You barely use the running game. It's full-blown air raid right now, the way that they're running this offense, and it absolutely stinks because of the way they're coached. But it almost seems like a Deshaun Watson or a Russell Wilson was their prerogative to use these draft picks that they have, trade them to go get their guy, and then both options, and then everything happened with Deshaun Watson and all of these allegations came out against him. And it was egg on their face, and it's like, okay, we have to pivot. Let's go tank and make these draft picks a little bit better to, you know, a Seattle now that Russell Wilson totally wants out of Seattle. Uh, you know, stories about him wanting to be traded after 2020 continue to surface and everything from pro football talk. You know, do you go and target an Aaron Rodgers in free agency, that type of deal, so you can run the offense you want? And that's why I think as much as I want them gone, because they haven't shown me anything to say what's going to improve, Nick Sirianni's going to be here next year. Uh, maybe. Maybe. It's a solid maybe. I would be... Depends on what the draft situation looks like. Mm -hmm. Do you give... Okay. If you're a Howie Roseman, you may not were even confident on Nick Sirianni to begin with. Because you were late to the party on your head coach. You you dragged your feet a lot. And that after this year, there's already like hot names for the next head coach job, right? Do you give a potential let's say the Eagles end up with the fifth pick in the draft let's say the Dolphins continue just as bad let's say they're like the seventh pick and let's say the Colts finish like what they could finish like seven and ten that wouldn't be shocking and that's probably like the 14th 15th pick something like that do you give that kind of draft capital to a guy that you don't have confidence in and you're not sure is fit and let him make that choice or have an input on that choice at least? Or are you like, all right, we need to actually get 
the guy now. But here's the thing. Because a Howie Roseman has been able to survive Andy Reid. He survived getting moved to the other side of the building with Chip Kelly. Comes out. Wins the Super Bowl. Probably bought himself some more time because of that. Survives Doug Peterson. And now he's with Nick Sirianni. And it's been out in the open that fellow GMs don't like Howie Roseman. They think he's a snake. Fellow agents in the industry of players don't trust Howie Roseman. Who's to, like? Who wants to come work for Howie Roseman? Because that's essentially what you're doing as the head coach of a football team is you are working in tandem with your right. GM. If if that GM can't be trusted, who who of these hot names that are surfacing as potential head coaching candidates after this year is going to come here to work with a guy that has such a toxic you know aura about him? Never underestimate the I can fix him trait. <laughs> Never underestimate that. You want to play our favorite game, but this time football edition? Oh, because I was just looking. I was like, I wonder what, you know. Our football score differential brought to you by our friends at Play Pickup, <laughs> and it'll be up on Pickup's website tomorrow so you can uh, tap in for the season-long uh, score differential so in if, the NFL. If people are uh, unbaptized to our – this is our common, our common check-in with the Philly season. We would check in on how just absolutely stupid the run differential was in the uh, NL East because it was always just disgusting to look at. Everyone was like negative 27, except for the Braves, of course. Yeah, um, who were plus a gazillion. <laughs> but everyone was like a hun- negative 127, negative 85, which is so abnormal and obscene. And then the Marlins else. were plus seven. Yeah, pl- they were like plus seven in like <laughs> August when they had won 14 games. 16 games under 500. Um, the NFC East. It is a continuing trend because it is an abnormal bunch that we have here. Uh <laughs> The Cowboys at plus fifty nine. That's pretty good. Makes pretty, sense. One of the one of the you know a pretty pretty decent run differential. <laughs> the Washington Football Team minus sixty four. So much for that hot shot defense they had. Uh, yeah, the most points against in the division wow. and some of the worst points against in the entire league right now. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles minus twenty six. The New York Giants minus forty one. Wow. Just to give you an idea of like. All right, Good what teams. does that mean? Let's contextualize this. Let's look at the NFC South. The Buccaneers, plus 86. The Saints, plus 39 somehow. <laughs> the Falcons, minus 41. The Panthers, zero. <laughs> <laughs> Which I find really funny. Let's, let's look at another uh, really funny one. They get the whole podcast hosted by Steve McAvoy and John Mavalia. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Get In The Whole Pod and be on the lookout for a ton of great content keeping you up to date on the world of golf. Releasing weekly a part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia family of podcasts wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Let's look at uh, a- AFC North. The Bengals plus 61. The they Ravens have been so at, good. Bengals have been hot. Ravens at plus 23. The Browns at plus 8. The Steelers minus 15. Jesus You God. see how these other divisions, like, things aren't as bad? Let's look at the AFC East, shall we? You know. Let's, let's Poor just, Jets. <laughs> uh, the Bills plus 105. Christ alive. <laughs> the Patriots plus 39. The Jets minus 95. The Dolphins. Poor sweet dolphins, minus eighty. 
wow, the Patriots really went from negative to positive just from last week. Yes, it really got them out of the bank. Just to, again, just to contextualize uh, the sad state of the What are the, the Chargers at? The Chargers, actually not as good as you I might know think it's probably because, because of the, of the Ravens game. game really set them back. Uh, so, but yeah, let's look at the AFC West. This is this is a really fun exercise, actually. The, the Raiders are plus 14, which I would not have expected. When you, like when I think about the Raiders this season, I would have expected them to be higher. The yeah. Chargers, you would definitely expect to be higher. Minus two. Okay, so that Ravens game screwed The Ravens game, and they also had that really crazy Browns game, yeah, which makes you think that they're forth. like, oh, they're high scoring, but it was like, what? That game was like, what, like 54 to 49, something or like, like it's, 49 to 42. Yeah, like it was just insanely high scoring for both teams. The Chiefs at minus 15, <laughs> shocking. <laughs> the Denver Broncos at plus 13. Wow. <laughs> that one's probably the most shocking of them all because of how bad Denver's been over the last, like, month. It's that defense is really. Uh, yeah really help them out what are the cardinals at do you really you want to know the answer I, to that? I, well i have a substantial uh amount of money on kyler well, murray winning the mvp well so, so you're you're being good spirits especially because tomorrow they play the green Bay yeah. Packers without alan lazard and devonta adams but they do have the best run uh run differential point differential in the league at plus 111 wow uh the rams are at plus 61 the 49ers at minus 14, and the Seahawks are at minus 12. What a fall from grace, Seahawks. Man. So, yeah. I mean, a lot of that is obviously Russell being out. Yeah. It, that does not help. But there you go. I mean, it's just it, it's a trend. They, the East division is always really ugly with differential. <laughs> if it wasn't for the Cowboys, like, I mean, if it wasn't for that blowout against the Eagles, you know, yeah. that was like a, what, a 20-something point blowout. I mean, yeah. like, they would have a very, like, standard yeah. differential. Like nothing. I don't think they had anything else to plus fifty nine is not like wow, like eye peeling. I mean, you just heard some of the other top ones. You know, yeah, it's like you know, average. The Bengals have a better point differential and play in what I would say is a much more difficult division. Yeah, I mean, the Cowboys games this year, regular season, they won by or they lost by two to the Bucks. They beat the Chargers by three. Twenty point win against the Eagles. Uh, they beat the Panthers by eight, and then oh, they had the blowout against the Giants, forty-four to twenty, and then they beat the Patriots in overtime by a touchdown. So two blowouts are really right. The bulk of their leading them up. So there it is, NFC East, just as bad as the NL East. <laughs> Brought to you by our good friends at Pickup, where you can benefit we'll off ha- of the uh, run different or the score differentials in the NFL. We'll, we'll have to start tracking. I think the. Uh, <laughs> the, the Atlantic NHL Division, and- <laughs> the Atlantic Division, and the Metropolitan <laughs> Division, and just see, and then the Sixers, if and- there's just something about it, that is quite the experiment. Um, real quick, congrats to Carly Lloyd, finished up her career, uh, one of the best to ever do it, and of course, super local to us. Um, just wrapped up last night. I think they were in Minnesota. It was yes. Um, so congrats to Carly Lloyd. But Matt, we are going to get into our buffs and snuffs. Survivor segment of the week. Uh, Survivor has been pretty wild, and obviously you guys can join in our Twitter spaces after every episode of Survivor. Once the next time on Survivor ends, we go live on Twitter. Um, You can join the space. Uh, We continue to get pandered to by Survivor Castaways, Matt. Danny has joined the fray uh, (laughs) and has liked our tweets, um, along with Evie, and of course Sydney has just been full-blown for the brand retweeting anything we tag her in um but last week's episode 
another, you know, par for the course, very typical Survivor episode. And uh, we are down to two on the Green Tribe. So, it was, I think this season has been great. A continuation of that again. You had awesome uh, Shan Ricard drama where you kind of get the sense that both of them trust each other, but also very aware of how mm. good the other has been. Uh, I thought if I'm Shan, I'm a little concerned and worried that Ricard is already making a jury speech on day 10. I know that this isn't your typical day yeah. 10. You're actually closer to the halfway point than you know normal, of course, but... Um, the fact that he's already saying that he's the mastermind and you're his closer, uh, maybe a red flag there. Are they both villains in your mind? Not he, yes, not they haven't done anything truly villainous yet. I think Ricard is definitely more at least been shown to be in more personality. Villain. Yes, because I think Shannon moved because she took JD's uh, right. vote. And yeah, but Ricard is like you know the devious one and telling like genie this elaborate story and yeah. saying like obviously we're gonna vote her out like you know whatever like he's placating her and he's very i mean but he's being honest i mean that's what you have to do he's playing smart you know being the villain does not mean you're bad at the game or you're like a bad right. person it just means like oh like some of the best players ever a, are villains. right they have, like we said exactly last some of the best players ever were on the villains tribe so you know what actually kind of a good thing um I did think it was interesting, though, that you see this, like, dynamic between the both of them where they clearly recognize that the other is strong, and he was right to not want to give the advantage back to Shan because that's sketchy, and I don't know that it was... I understand why Shan wants it back, but I don't know how you approach that conversation. I just don't think the way she approached it was the way, <laughs> Yeah, is what I'll say. I don't know that I have notes on what to improve. I just can't help but feel that there has to be a better way to approach that conversation agreed than that and genie bless her but when you know that you are the last on your tribe and you have an idol why would keep you it know? for yourself yeah <laughs> i mean just do your best to to stay in the game because that's really what matters so felt like that was a mistake by genie obviously sent home we will miss you but yeah, I mean, th this this episode provided a lot. I think one of my favorite moments of the season, I think will definitely last as one of our favorite moments of the season when we get dropped that Nasir found the idol. From the rafters. Loved it. We've we've talked a little bit about how the editing this season has, you know, played around with the timeline a little bit, and it hasn't always been, like, our typical chronological right. storytelling, and it, they've deviated a little bit, which is nice, and I think has had good moments. That was awesome. That was great. I was totally taken aback by that. 100% did not see it coming uh, because typically Survivor shows you all the things in advance so you know, like, okay, he has the idol mm -hmm. or he has this or they have this plan. You know, it's a habit, like, you're learning essentially as everyone else is learning about this information is cool. Yeah. I like it. It was a great moment. Uh, it really endeared Nasir to a lot of people as well, including myself. He, he, you know, he tells a story about his daughter, like, hiding idols and stuff. So, yeah, I mean... It was awesome. I thought I, again. I can't. I can't say enough about how this season has been very, very good. I think the only negative thing about this episode is Liana gets what I can only describe as like turning on God mode in Grand Theft Auto, yeah. where it's like, all right, that seems a little. All the stats went to ninety nine and create a player. It just seems a little too heavy on the scales of an advantage, especially in a season where 
they've tried to neuter advantages, mm-hmm. it seems, and tried to make it like, okay, it's actually a risk to get an idol now. Like, yeah. you don't just find an idol and that's it, boom. You're or immune you need this, you that, and the third to activate You need to, like, idol. collaborate with other people. Or Which you need now to deceive, that three-way idol is active. Or you need to deceive other people, you know, when they have these prisoner dilemmas every uh, every episode. Which, again, I like. I mm-hmm. like, you know, again... The reason that last episode was so good was in part because of the advantages, right. the tension between Ricard and Shane is because of an advantage that, you know, one of them wants to hold. We all know the traditional big four sports and we have our favorite teams and enjoy them each and every week during their seasons. But what if I told you the fastest growing sport on two feet doesn't involve football, baseball, basketball, or hockey? Come join me, Dom Ponteri, and Harrison Kremens as we break down the sport of the future each and every week on the Outside the Box podcast, talking all things pro and college lacrosse right here on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. I can't help but feel that that is... Her advantage, which maybe if you're not caught up on it, is that it is the um, the power of knowledge. Like, yeah, knowledge I, I, is power. Knowledge is power. Now, not just power advantage. She can ask whoever she wants. At it doesn't seem to be clear on at what point in the game. I know she mentioned doing it at tribal, but it mm. seems like you could do it at any point. And they have to be completely honest. A game about lying and deception. They have to tell the truth. If they have an idol or an advantage, she can. Take have it. them handed over to her. Which everybody on yellow knows. Everyone on the entire Xander season has. knows now because everyone knows that, you know, if you had to say some weird phrase. Yeah. Multiple times. Right. So it seems like something that hasn't become overpowered yet. We have to wait and see how it goes. Who knows, right? I don't want to be like reacting too soon. Yeah. But that was my only negative from this episode is like. And the fact that we know Xander has two different types of deals where it's like you could steal an idol or an advantage Mm -hmm. he has that extra vote and he has an idol now that's active from the three person uh you know phrase saying idol and everything that that advantage is bonkers yes i (laughs) i just think it's a little much but i don't want to dwell on that too much because we don't know how to work and it could turn into something really awesome because they're in a great moment so we'll see how that goes uh we're gonna do our three up three down and uh, we'll start with our three up from you, Matt. Oh, man. Not much has changed. I'm... I kind of... Part of me wants to put Nasira in the top three. That's where I'm at, too. I don't know that I can do it, though. He does have an idol. The problem is, is that everyone probably knows that he has an idol. Deshaun definitely does, who has been a perennial top three for me pretty yes. much from the, the start. I think... Deshaun is still in my top three. Agreed. I think he's still in such a good spot. Now, we don't know what's happening tonight, obviously, with we've got him to that emerge or some kind of swap something or something. that has never happened in Survivor history. Which, it may just going to be three tribes, and that moment that they say that is from a different part of the episode. Yeah. Who knows? But I do think that Deshaun is still in such a very strong position that it's hard for me to knock him down he right. hasn't done anything to be and no one has really moved up enough to do that i think evie is still in my top three as well i do worry a little bit about evie and that maybe you know 
the tensions with Liana mm-hmm. and this decision about not voting off Xander. Now Xander has an active idol, by yep. the way. Um, so should have gotten him out when he could, maybe. Who knows? Wonder if that comes back to bite her. Th- those are my worries. If, if you know, Evie doesn't make it far, right? That decision could really be like the crux of it because it did seem to ruin some trust with her with mm-hmm. Liana. And Liana now, obviously, she doesn't know this, but has a good connection with Shane. But I think Evie's still in a strong position. Number three, it's really between Shan and Nasir. I think I'll go Nasir. Not that Shan did anything wrong. Right. I just think Shan. She's in a battle now. She's. I think there is a clear fraction, her fracture between her and her Ricard. Card, no. Right. I, and I, I think her and Ricard, it feels very like. Sith Lords, yes. someone is going to have that to come out on top analogy. of this situation here. <laughs> and I worry because Ricard has made himself he's a strong player. Yep. He maybe doesn't have the advantages that Shan has and whatever, but I do worry about Shan. So I'll give it to Nasir. He has an idol. He seems very wholesome. He seems very good at challenges, which and could Blue be Blue keeps winning. Blue keeps winning. We'll see what happens with the merge situation. And people seem to like Nasir. Yeah. I am uh Deshaun. I'm actually going to go, not that Evie did anything wrong, they just didn't do anything to continue that push to stay in the top three. I'm going to say Liana's in the top three now because of that advantage. Mm-hmm. Can just at whim take an advantage or an idol from Xander because she knows that he has one. Uh, I think that's a powerful tool in her back pocket. That's like just ridiculous that she has that. Um, and then Nasir is my number my number three. Um like you said, he continues to be great at challenges. Blue doesn't lose, like, ever. And he has an idol in his back pocket now. Um, so I think he's in a, a very good position on that blue tribe, along with uh, Danny and Deshaun, who are kind of just chilling, and then the rest of the tribe is there. Um, and then three down. I mean, Xander. I don't know how much longer he's got. <laughs> Um, he's in a real tough spot. I think Xander's, you know, in the three down. I think Tiffany could be in the three down, um, mostly just because Liana has a power swing now and, and can potentially just do whatever she wants, especially now that she has the, uh, alliance with Shan and we have this potential merge situation going down. Um, and then just, I mean, Heather is kind of just there. Heather is unfortunately, I think in our bottom three yeah for, uh, for the whole the whole show now. yeah um i think heather is in that yeah in my bottom three it really kind of becomes a bottom two i would like to say erica but it's tough with everything with blue because we just yeah have not seen know. them vote we don't know really really who's with what man that bottom that that last spot is I mean, it's always going to continue to get more difficult, obviously, right? Based on the exercise. Yeah. Can I say that it's between Tiffany and Sydney for me? Interesting. Sydney, I think, is good. This is yeah. not an indictment on Sydney as a player. I just think her position in the game is not very secure. Mm-hmm. Again, no one, Blue's not voted. I worry that Sydney could be a, like, accessory. You know, like, I yeah. just, I worry that, like, she could be, like, a shield for someone or like gets gets voted off for like some 
I, I just, I, I worry about Sydney's place, whereas Tiffany feels like she's going to claw her way out of every situation. That's fair. I just, Sydney could, listen, Sydney could do the exact same. Right. Sydney, this is not, I don't, I don't think Sydney's a bad player. I just would not surprise me if in the next two episodes, Sydney might be gone either. I, if you had to ask me right now between Sydney or Tiffany, who I think if who is yeah. gone after two weeks, one of them is, I would guess Sydney. Which again, yeah. it's not me saying she's a bad player. I just feel that way. And she does love trolling us fuckers. Right. <laughs> because uh, we know that Erica wants to vote Sydney out. Yeah. No one has said I mean, they wanted Tiffany off solely because she wasn't good at challenges. Right. That doesn't become an issue anymore, really. Exactly. It, especially if it becomes an individual game. So like it's a lot more about social game now. Than I don't know. We else. don't know. We know Tiffany's status. We think at least. And Sydney's kind of Sydney, bought into this villain vibe. And Sydney, we don't actually know who's on board with Sydney. Right. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, tune into our, our Twitter spaces after the episode. Uh, we'll be talking about everything that goes down. Give our thoughts and opinions so you can get that boom right up to date. Uh you know, thoughts and ideas from us uh, on the twitter.com. Join the spaces. It'll be live. Me, Sarah, Matt, and whoever else decides to join. Uh, Matt, final thoughts before uh, the big day. Final podcast as a non-married man. <sighs> uh, my message is this. If you are getting married, elope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm half kidding. And I mean that. I'm half kidding. Uh, get your like 10 closest friends and family and just like go to like South Carolina or something. Vegas. Whatever city, Napa. whatever destination you like to go to. Go on a nice little vacation, get married there. Come home. Or have a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> whatever floats your boat. Uh, there will be, I'm sure, plenty of social media wedding content that you guys will see. And uh, very excited for Sunday. So it's go birds, obviously. But quite honestly, I think we should be wanting the Eagles to lose this game on Sunday for draft positioning and a lot of other things. Uh, but be sure to celebrate uh, old Matty boy here as uh, the wedding goes down on Sunday. And uh, be sure to follow us on social media at Underground PHI on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Matt at Matt Castarina. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Check out the website, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com. Christian just wrote his review of Dune. It is out. Go check it out. Fantastic movie. Absolutely enjoyed it. And Christian's review is spot on. Amazing. Uh, and, of course, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the podcast. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews to wish Sarah and Matt uh, congratulations on their wedding. I want to read all the wedding congratulation podcast reviews uh, coming into next week. So, be sure to check us out, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. Thank you to our sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro, Foot Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Mark Ronchetti, CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland, Tomahawk Shades, Stateside, Urban Craft Vodka, and Kenwood Beer, TomahawkShades.com, use code USP at checkout for 25% off your order. Stateside Urban Craft Vodka. You can get the one liter bottles of vodka for 10% off uh, by using code USP at checkout at statesidevodka.com. And KenwoodBeer.com. Use the Kenny Tracker to see who's got Kenwood on tap. You got to be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. This has been episode number 372 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. From Matt, I'm KB. 
we are signing off. Peace. Jam.